ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? It's a Wednesday edition of the Killer Bees, and look who decided to join us. Barry Laminac running a little late. Yep. Joe George was supposed to be here. People, I would say, uh, astutely noticed that lately whenever Jeremy's out, Joe is out. So then when I get the text this morning that, oh, by the way, Josh is out. Total weird other side of that is Josh was in the Twitch the entire time for the last couple hours. Josh is out, and Joe says, hey, I can't really think of anybody else to fill in with Connor, so I'm just going to do that, Yep, and we'll get Barry to fill in with you again, which is totally fine with me, obviously. But get I'm but I'm going. Maybe there's something to this whole Jeremy and Joe. No, no, it's no, not no, just no. teaming up on me on the air all the time. I promise you, the next two days, I'm going to work six hours just for you. Which six hours is the question? So, so it I'm doesn't work, necessarily have to be. 12, I'm going to work twelve to six the next two days because Josh is dying with the flu. So I'm going to fill this in. This is what two happened days. when grown men that shouldn't be wearing tights wear tights when it's cold outside. I saw those photos. Oh, boy. Did you dress up yesterday for Halloween? No, I did not. I didn't get the memo that we were doing that. Even though I wasn't here, they didn't include us. Can I be honest with you? Even if I got the memo, I wouldn't address dressed oh, up. Oh, I just went, uh, I just wore like jeans, t-shirt, and bought a Ghostbusters jacket. I didn't like go like all out for Halloween. Yeah, but you bought. When are you going to wear this Ghostbusters jacket ever again? Maybe for the rest of my life. Maybe wow. every Halloween. Do you have pictures of said jacket? It's a nice one. It's I'd actually, I don't know. I don't think I do, but like, it's a nice one. So like, I might just, maybe just stay in the closet. Bust it out every Halloween. You or the jacket? Stay in the closet. Uh, closet. Okay. The jacket. It's been a long day. It's been a long <laughs> day. Get Joe flustered in the first second. It's been a long day. So, okay. So you bought a Ghostbusters jacket. Yeah, but the reality is I heard Barry's not here because he wanted to trade Yiner Diaz and you ran him off. I didn't run him off. Now, he and BMAC, I, you know what is weird? Yeah, we got into it a little bit. Yeah. I was shocked by it. Um, I was in a in this role, which is different than my other role. So I was just facilitating for a little bit. And then it got really heated between the two of them. And I was like, well, it wasn't like Jeremy and I heated. It was more of a very, very serious discussion. But then Barry started going, well, you you guys both are on me. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out here. I'm just facilitating. The roles got reversed, Yeah, the Joel. roles got reversed. Yeah, Joel was kind of taking a back seat and observing the chaos. Yeah, which never happened. <laughs> oh, I took we the back did seat. Run I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then the, laminac, the laminator was just like, you guys are both teaming up on me. And I'm like, no, I'm facilitating. I'm getting out of the way. This is what I do. Speaking of that, guess who's getting out of the way? Now Joe George is leaving because he doesn't like us unless Jeremy's here. Barry Laminac's here. Okay. Oh, you want to turn your mic on? That'll help. Okay. Hey, what's going on? Um, we need to talk. We're talking right now. As yeah, we're talking I walked right now. in the building, I pulled up right when the show started. So I was like, oh, that's not too bad. I thought okay, I'd be Patrick here. Creighton, I thought I'd be here at 3.07. So I kind of did okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Feels- I just saw uh, Michael Connor walk into the ladies' restaurant. No way. Yeah. You think like, it, just so you think it was on purpose? On I just walk. talked to Joe about if he was coming out of the closet, and you just saw Michael Connor walk into the ladies' room? Yeah. What's 100%. going on around here? It's not Halloween anymore. 100%. I was walking in, and uh, he's on his phone, 
And I just see him kind of just turn left and go right into the ladies' room. On the floor? I was, yeah, I was punching the code in and I was like, oh, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm saying that on the air. I'm not, I'm not gonna be like, hey, hey, you're in the wrong one. Oh no, you're gonna figure that out on your own. Well, either that or, or HR, HR and P's going to figure it out if, that was, if he continued and didn't realize until it was too late. Because I mean, there's a certain point where there's no turning back. You're in the ladies' room. If there's a lady in there, you're in trouble. Oh, oh 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody was in there. And but. phone in hand? Oh, that is creeper central. Oh, I was just on my phone. I wasn't looking what I was doing. Was the camera working? <laughs> exactly. Oh. So, Joe, you seem to think it was on purpose. I don't know if it was or not. I'm just telling you at a certain point, there's a point of no return where whether I mean, it was or not, I you're mean, in trouble. Gotta... Listen, I've never trusted redheads. So, <laughs> I think that's good instinct by you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, no. I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep. You know, and I that's why. all my stereotypes. <laughs> how, how long was the wheelhouse on? I don't know. Uh, about two years. Because that was the last, that's when I started not trusting redheads. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> That's outstanding. I, I might be open after therapy to considering it again at some point in my life, but not now. Uh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, I make it a rule not to, and now you know why. Could have been my mom in there or my grandma or. How about know, Esme? Esme might be, God. Oh, Esme would have whipped, whipped his, his ass. ass. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. He would, that would have been a huge mistake for him, but yeah, there he goes. Just. Sauntering in, so you didn't see him like correct his mistake and walk back I was out. Say, and you of it. all people didn't hang out to see how it ended. Well, I'm trying to be a professional and get here as quickly as I could. I didn't want to, you know, leave you hanging. So I didn't know, but I just that's because we're buddies, we're friends. I'm, yeah, I'm punching in the code. I was like, oh, he just he just walked in there and just walked right in. I was not stopping him, so I don't know. He uh, it kind of makes you an accessory to the crime. No, a witness. He's no. a witness. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Very much a witness, He's not a witness. an accessory. Yeah. Thank you very much. Because this is like, first of all, it's there's so many things going on in my head. Because, of course, every time Barry's in here, it goes takes us back to the suspect days. <laughs> yeah. BMAC, I don't know. If you, I guess you probably weren't aware of this. Bathroom etiquette is big oh, with Barry. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's one of your triggers? Barry oh, had yeah. a list that he kept with him. And we had a list. What, in and- your wallet? It was no, in his he's got a brief. I mean, his backpack. Okay, and and it was a running list that Nick and I helped to update. If you didn't wash your hands after using the men's room on this floor, yeah. So Barry had it was like Barry's top twenty-five list. You would hope it was only ten. It got longer <laughs> than that. In the fact that every time we Nick or I would walk in, add another one to the list. Yeah. I just can saw I, can, I, can I confess something? You well, don't wash I had your a hands. mental list of the, of the same thing when I was at other stations. If, oh, okay. I, if I noticed people wouldn't wash their hands, I oh. or if I was in a stall and I would, you know, I would look at the shoes, and then if I heard them that they didn't wash their hands, I'd try to remember the shoes so I would know. Oh in the yeah, see, yeah. Yeah. he knows what's up. Oh, That's yeah. a good. No, I, yeah. I'm with you. So Barry, you're was like, a who fist wears bumper. corrective shoes? That's weird. That's, <laughs> fist bumping must be became Palillo. a thing with all of us because we knew if their name was on the list. You don't shake hands. Don't shake with that your hand. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So, so there was that was that. the exact reason I kept the mental. Can I can I make reason. a guess as to some of the people on the list? If if I guess right, would you tell me? Uh, yeah. Which station? Six ten. Oh, okay. Uh I'm gonna say Shawnee washes. Oh, Shawnee, Sean Shawnee washes. Sean Bajani. No, top no not Sean oh. Bajani. Oh, Sean Bajani's great. <laughs> Sean Fender guess. Both both Shawnees wash. Okay. Okay. Um. Pfft. 
uh, I'm trying to remember who all was over there. Well, there's the there's the Arkansas milk. Oh yeah, he definitely doesn't does do not. that. Oh, does not. DJ Horn. <laughs> Never. I mean, it's Arkansas. So. Wow. How about Arkansas soap? He, no, he had, a, <laughs> he had a line about it. He was actually proud of the fact. He was proud? He, oh. His line hey, look, was. My, my hands have boo-boo on them. His <laughs> line was, my, mom, my mama taught me not to pee on my hands. And that was his line. Not, well, she didn't teach Moises to Lou. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, I, you know what? I Honestly, for like a split second, I questioned Kyle Tucker. Because, you know, Moises Alou didn't wear batting gloves. And when Kyle oh, Tucker he, didn't, I was like, wait a minute, Kyle. What are we doing here, buddy? Yeah, because yeah, Moises Alou said in order to toughen up his hands, yeah. by, and because he didn't wear batting gloves, he peed on them. Clearly, so that they Moises Alou, a man of science. Now, true what? story. I have or he's a, from Arkansas. I have a signed Moises Alou bat that I will not touch on the handle. <laughs> Game worn, game uh, yeah, used, game used. Game I will, use bad, huh? I will touch the, the barrel. I will touch the barrel of it, but I'm not touching. What? The it looks like it's got like a coffee table, like it's got a, st- a ring stain on there, just no. right on the handle. That's gross. Well, like I was saying, like full circle, right? So I was thinking about those moments, and then I flash back to Joe George, which you, Brian, you might or may not know. Barry, you probably missed this, but on Why the Face Wednesday, which is today, obviously. Why the Face Wednesday? Yeah, we call it WTF Wednesday, and Joe oh. brings us stuff that causes us to make a face, and then we comment on it. Okay. There was a pilot somewhere in another country that was scheduled to fly a plane, but he was in the lounge doing cocaine. Oh. Amongst other things. And then some of the crew saw him, so before he got on the plane to try and board the plane to fly the plane, they stopped him. They wouldn't allow him on the plane, and then they went to take discipline against him as an airline. Really? And Joe's comment was, I mean, that's attempted murder. What? Yeah, I heard, actually, I was... <laughs> I did a double take. I Why was listening face? to that you segment. Seen the yeah. face. I was like, wait a minute, what the, did you just say? <laughs> yeah, that's, definitely, murder. that's murder. definitely not attempted he murder. He now, fly the plane. There was a guy who recently, I mean, it might have been last week, there was a flight where there was a pilot that was kind of riding in the jump seat in the cockpit, and he shut the plane off. To try to crash it. Oh, I heard and then that. he got like yeah, yeah. 200 counts attempted of attempted murder. murder. Now, but, that is. But, yeah, I don't, that's that's a little much. But I'm like, okay, if you see a pilot doing cocaine, um, I'm not stopping him from, from flying the plane. I, I'll stop a guy that's getting drunk. I'm but following him to make sure he ain't on my plane. No, you're going to get there faster. Like, you probably cut oh. an hour to an hour and a half <laughs> off of travel time if he's on cocaine. Let's do this. Next yeah, year, I mean, it's I, not like it's a two-lane highway. There's not going to be anybody flying next to him. It's going to be fine. It's, yeah, he tries to land flying. The There's no traffic, per se. Oh, I can make yeah. it between those two planes and get to runway six. Don't yeah, worry listen, about it. When Most a three-hour flight becomes 35 minutes, yeah, I'm in on that. Heck, yeah. You go on and do your little <laughs> booger you sugar there, pal. You're in till you're out. And when you're out, there ain't no turning back at that point. Uh, well, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I like it. That's uh, fine. Drunk, different story. Completely. So we've got all kinds of issues now. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, that was... Maybe that's how... Because uh, you, you know uh, that uh, Josh is sick. Yeah. That's how... What I said that's what happens when men in tights go out in cold weather. <laughs> I mean, Poor but maybe guy. it's not. Maybe he got sick because he shook hands with his co-host after using the wrong restroom. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're both sick for different reasons. Well, that's a good point. <laughs>
Well, on that note, we're just getting started. We we like to do it a little differently here when we revisit Suspect's format on Killer Bees Radio, uh, which yes. is we open up with an icebreaker before we get into the true stories of the day. We've got plenty to get to in terms of more Astros conversation. I don't know if it'll involve Yiner Diaz or not. Uh, but, I mean, Brian's still here and Barry's still here, so the possibilities are still yes. there. So, okay, we're not going to bring maybe up the two, manager maybe position Maybe tune in thing? at 5 o'clock. It's on there. Maybe tune huh? in at 5 o'clock. Okay. I there. haven't even had a chance to look at the rundown. Thanks for joining us, show, Patrick. And uh, uh, we're going to get back to a whole lot more sports, but we always want you to participate. So you can go to <laughs> twitch.tv and you can find us there. You can hit us up on uh, the, the hotline, 713-780-3776. That'll get you to text the show. That can also get you to call the show and be a part of the program. Uh, And we're also available on uh, X, which is Twitter. So we're going to have another fun show today for another two hours and 45 minutes. And if Barry punches the clock on time in and out, he'll probably stay a little longer to make up for what he's missed. But you haven't missed anything. We're ready to go with much more. Don't go anywhere. It's the uh, Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Back on the Killer Bees, as it's a usual suspects edition with our good friend Brian McDonald behind the glass. And we all are bees with Brian, Barry, and Blank. Uh, as we continue to roll on, Jeremy will be back tomorrow. Joe, if Jeremy's back, will be back. If Jeremy's not back, Joe will be finding somewhere else he can fill in yeah. so he doesn't have to deal with me. And that's just fine with me because my boy's back. I think it's me. I think it's, he doesn't want to deal with me, too. Then I need you to come by every day. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Show up. I mean, I mean, I don't know what general manager in the league isn't making that trade. You, you get rid of two, you bring back one, and we're good. BMAC, you're in. I know you're in. We'd be fine, uh, and we could continue to roll. So uh, Barry's with me, uh, and we're going to have some fun here again today. But it's, it, you know, I was looking on HIR. Do you know what HIR is? H-I-R? H-A-R. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the Real Association of Realtors. Right. So you go on there when you're house hunting and such. Mm-hmm. And so I put in zip codes, and I find that on Bad Take Boulevard, you not only have a 6,000-square-foot mansion, but you also have a rental property okay. around the block. So, okay. I'm, so I was feeling kind of bad for you. Yeah. But then I see that the Astros are interested in Craig Council, so I'm like, so are you allowed to sell the rental? Because you're keeping the mansion. I'm just saying... Because you yeah. were the first to come out and adamantly with three of your top five, and I don't even know who the hell the other two are when you said they weren't also awesome, Craig Council. But your it was top Brad Osmus and Brad Osmus. I'm just kidding. What I, were they? You know what's funny is I a, a while ago I was kind of in on giving Osmus the opportunity. I think it was when they after Hinch left, but then I started to realize like Osmus would not be a good fit. Well, you do here. realize why it's bad, right? Yeah, because he's not good. No. <laughs> Because Bagwell yeah. said so. Oh well, yeah. Well, that too. because it's the obvious association that would drive everybody absolutely batty. That yeah. well, that means Bagwell does have a say, right? And that's scarier based on last off season than yeah. anything that Brad Osmus could bring to the table. Yeah, I think a lot of people though, like they wanted to blame Bagwell and and Jim Crane for the for uh, Abreu, which you know it. Uh, Paid off in the postseason, but then also the Montero contract. But don't forget, Dusty had a lot to do with that Montero contract as well. Can I give so. you the one more, though? Yeah. Jeff Bagwell guaranteed you that opening day, Michael Brantley would be in the lineup. 
Well, three quarters or more of the season later, we saw Uncle Mike get out of his rocking chair for the first time. Yeah, you got to stop guaranteeing stuff in sports. That's a problem when you're paying them over $12 million. Especially something that's injury related. Um, Yeah, no, I look, you can disagree with the take or whatever, but Craig Council is highly regarded uh, in the baseball world as a manager. And, um, huh? Not by by you, but by a lot of people. And I think given the, the, the opportunity to manage on a team with, you know, a, a, a ton of resources and, and, and a, a you know, top to bottom lineup and rotation and bullpen and you know, a well rounded and complete team like the Astros, I think he, uh, he, he would acquit himself well. So I think it would be a good hire. Um, but he's not, you know, I mean, I, I, I do agree with your point that it, it if the Mets decide to get into the bidding war, and you know, I was shooting uh, the show today with Jerome, and he was like, "Yeah, I was listening yesterday, and you know, you had some really good points, but Joel had a really good point too. Like, you ain't out bidding Steve Cohen in the Mets. Like, if they want great counsel, money's no object." And I was like, "A oh, fair point. Okay. No, I, I, I mean, I, well, I, I it, it's twofold, right? You're not gonna out, you're not gonna get outbid if you're Steve <laughs> Cohen. Yeah. And with a guy like Stearns running everything for the Mets and Stearns was running everything for the Brewers when the Brewers were on their run and they were good and Council was there, that kind of that kind of clears the way for anybody taking a new job to go, well, there's a familiar face in a new space. I'm going to get paid handsomely, and I don't have to worry about building a relationship with new people that I'm going to deal with because I'm dealing with a guy I already know. Right. And that's half the battle. True. I mean, the thing to me is, and you know what, if we were, if, if this was still the usual suspects, we would get my best friend, Sean, growing up, who's still in Milwaukee, on the phone. Mm-hmm. And BMAC, you probably would have to stay close to the button because he <laughs> might drop a few F-bombs. But the accent alone would be entertaining to people here when he gave you all the reasons why Craig Council should not be the next manager of the Astros. Because not only did he have a less-than-stellar playoff record, but... You know, and it's it's like A.J. Hinch here. You know what? You can be a really good baseball guy. You can be a really good, you know, with a really good resume, a baseball lifer that has a lot of knowledge in baseball. But all it takes is a few mistakes for people to never forget, and then they label you a certain way. And I don't think Craig Council right now is a guy that everybody's clamoring to keep in Milwaukee and maintain his, his status as manager of the Brewers. He made it clear he was going to test the market at the end of the year and he wasn't interested in an immediate extension. And I don't think anybody outside of the organization said, no, you can't do that. They're, they're cool with it because I think it had run its course. Okay. There's a, there's a ton of names out there. Um, after yesterday, I, I did go back and look. And by the way, my list, um, it included uh, 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 the, um, oh, what is he? He's like the assistant to Bruce Bochy, uh, Will Venable. Um, he, he's a guy who kind of learned the business from the front office side under Theo Epstein and the Cubs, and he's been around a little bit, but he's pretty highly regarded yeah. as well. Um, he so played, he was on he that list. Yeah. And you know what? Joe Espada was on the list, but it was just down a bit, you know, like it was, I would rather have a guy like Craig Council or Will Venable or, uh, 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 uh Clint Hurdle. And then, and then a Joe Espada and Jeremy's, AJ. Jeremy's high on the ex Rangers manager. That's the bench coach for the Diamondbacks, Jeff Bannister. Jeff Bannister. Mm. And I'm just—he didn't do anything in Texas. Well, he, he yeah. was on what they won. The, he was—he was the manager when they won the divisions, fifteen and sixteen. Or, or no, I thought that was Ron Washington. Yeah, I think Ron Washington yeah. was that guy. Let me double check. But yeah. I, and and if we're gonna bring in a former <laughs> Ranger uh, manager, you could do worse than Ron Washington. He's the one that got Bannister them to was the there World 15 Series. To 18. Okay, who was it? Well, I thought Washington was the one that got them to the World Series. That's probably yeah, right. Yeah, he would have because yeah, the Rangers was. got to the World Series in 10 and 11. Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but, you know, 
there's and and I jokingly poo pooed it yesterday when you said AJ Hinch. I don't think it would ever happen just because the way that the breakup occurred with Crane and the way they became the scapegoats and not the players, even though we all know AJ Hinch was like, yeah, I didn't do enough to stop it, but I didn't want it going on anyways. I'm the one that ripped the TV off the wall and yelled at everybody on a daily basis, but you know, I just I was ignored by pretty much everybody. So I don't know what else I was supposed to do. He kind of ended up becoming part of the scapegoat for that. So I don't know if that's repairable. I agreed that he became the scapegoat. But I think that one of the key facts that I've heard from multiple people is even when he was suspended for the year out of baseball, he and Crane were talking almost every other day. Okay, well, I didn't know that. And they maintained a really solid relationship. Did they? Okay. But now as owner of the team, you're tiptoeing a fine line. I think if it was just up to Jim Crane, he could easily take A.J. Hinch, of course, if available, because he's under contract, right? I think Crane blames Luno more than Hinch. For sure. But I also think they all knew what was going on because Crane walked through that clubhouse every day up those stairs through that dugout and knew it stood around the batting cages. Look, A-Rod and, and Poppy and all those guys, by the time the playoffs started, they knew what was going on. Everyone knew what had happened and what was going on. Yeah. It's just when you're getting when you have to be held accountable because there's a lot of people gathering evidence, you're going to play it dumb. You're not going to say you knew. But I think the, t- the fine line that you're going to get a crane to tiptoe is, if I had my druthers and I'm Jim Crane, I'm going to bring back A.J. Hinch. But now, if my fan base isn't for it because they're not even thinking about the cheating scandal. They're thinking about the way the Nationals World Series ended. Garrett Cole. And, and Garrett yeah. Cole. And not only that, not only Garrett Cole, but, but the fact that you had Grinky dealing with a low pitch count, and you yanked him. So I think because of those two things, the fan base is not going to be over-the-top pro A.J. Hinch, uh, even if you're the owner and you are. I, I kind of disagree okay. in that. In that, I think the fans, it, you know, there's that recency bias where if you were to try to bring them back in 2020 uh, or 2021. Like Cora with the Red Sox. Yeah, then I think the fans would be like, well... But I think, you know, what do you associate with A.J. Hinch? It's the cheating scandal, yes, but it's also the first World Series for this team. And I think that'll forever be one and two. Ooh. I don't know so much about the – I mean, it's on the list. Don't get me wrong. It, the, the whole Greeky thing and the Cole thing, and I think that's definitely on the list. But I think one and two in a fan's mind is the cheating scandal, which this whole city forgives and no one cares. And two, it's the World Series. You feel that way? He managed the – Yeah, I, I, I've seen I a lot do. of people I, on Twitter I say World for Series. AJ Hinch coming back. Uh, no, no, no. What's your first, what are your memories of AJ Hinch? Like, what do you first think the fan base? Because I think it's or, the, I think it's my, the my, screwed up World Series. My, that's probably third on my list. To really? me, it's, it's yeah. 2017, both the win and the cheating scandal, and yeah. 2019 is third. And I and look as much as we want to kill Hinch for that decision, and he deserves to be killed for it. I also remember 2017 how he handled you know piecing it together with Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers not having a bullpen, having to piggyback in both game seven. So I, as much as we want to kill him for. 19, he did a great job in 2017 getting the Astros through that run, especially managing the rotation in the bullpen. I'm curious. 713-780-3776. You can call, you can text, you can hit us up on Twitch and Twitter. I'm curious, first and foremost, your memories of A.J. Hinch. Is it, like I think, the blown World Series against the Nationals, or is it what Barry and Brian think, more so the 2017 World Series and the cheating scandal? Because I think that more people forget the cheating scandal because they knew everybody else was doing it. I think that they really have animosity of what happened with the World Series, and I could be wrong. And then also let us know, who are your top three choices Mm. to be the next manager of the Houston Astros? Because I think everybody's got a different agenda. I think Ausmus, by the way, 
just purely knowing baseball. He had a bad team with Anaheim, he, although he made, it the, he made the playoffs. He had a bad team with Detroit. But overall, he's worked as a general manager. He's been an analytics guy. He's been a catcher, so you know he's, he knows every aspect he's of done, the game. He, has, he did some squirrely stuff. But, though, the, but the association the with Bagwell, too, is not going to sit well is with that, anybody. Is that all of it, though, the association with Bagwell? That It's not that – I mean, I, I remember watching Osman as, as when he was a catcher here thinking he probably would be a good yeah. future manager. But I think the association of Bagwell running the franchise is what – Poisoning a lot of people's you know minds on Osmus. If, if Osmus didn't have the connection to Bagwell, I think we would feel a little bit differently. That's interesting. All right, so let us know your thoughts. 713-780-3776. Uh, hit us up, Twitch, Twitter. You know the deal. Uh, and we're going to be here all show, so we love the interactions with you. We don't have to claim we're the most interactive. We're the best interactive, and that's what we do on this show. So we've got plenty more to get to just 30 minute, minutes into the big show. Uh, lots more to get to. We'll get to some Texans as well along the way. Our first coach has been... Uh, fired in the NFL, so we can discuss that as well. Uh, and we always love your interaction, your thoughts, and your participation. So much more around the corner. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, FM. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brennan. Would you consider yourself Africanized? No. I really, when I you did used my... used to be, didn't you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> were the estranged member of third base. When I did my 23 Me, I was like, I was kind of hoping. I was like, oh, please. Just a little. Just a, just a smidge. Like, none. None! I mean, like, 1%. But I was just like, Jeremy's claim what? is 5%? Like uh, I don't know. Maybe no, Jeremy's claim is five percent because his on his mom's side. I but think. But you know what? It's probably something like I don't know Egypt or you know what I mean. I mean, I'm married into and really, she's yeah. African. No, oh. well, but I mean, there's different ways of an ethnic background. Well, yeah, but I was like, what? She's she's African? No. No. I mean, you've seen uh, anyone that's seen her at all knows that's that, not. It true. reminds me of an old joke. The uh, a comic he's not here anymore. He's in New York, but his name is Del Cheeseman, and he's just like the quintessential white guy. White guy voice, white guy haircut. We got a lot of those, right? You know what I mean? Khakis and boat shoes. Oh, but he would do this bit on stage where he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm African." Uh, you know, I've been at, yeah, Africa, being from Africa and being African is like, yeah, South African, but I'm African. It was a, it was a funny bit. Cause you just, you know, you're like, what? he's like that guy that does the not. weather and the political stuff that ended up getting into sports on NBC and what? does the, the political maps. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It was like, he's he, like, he always wears khakis. He's like the horrible yeah, of yeah. where they, they roped him into a sports guy. Yeah. 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 I, I don't I, remember. I, I don't know his name. I, I, I know who you're talking about. Though. Come on, BMAC. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I've I've heard the story, but I couldn't tell you his name. Because now they use him to do like the percentages, like from a political stand, you know, like from like he does for politics. Oh, Nate Silver? No, no. It's he's an NBC guy. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not sure. Well, someone will throw it at us. But uh, okay, so we were getting into this. Uh, before the break, and uh, Michael wants to get in here about A.J. Hinch and the next manager of the Astros. Michael, what do you got going for us? Hello? Michael, you're on. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, yes, sir. I was, man, A.J. Hinch knows don't bring him back. If, if y'all think that he made too many bad decisions, bringing in Montero all the time, 
Remember AJ Hansen's Gregerson? He stayed loyal to that guy. He kept bringing him in and bringing him in, and he was terrible. And that World Series pulled Grinky too soon. Left Gary Cole warming up in the in the bullpen. Um, I just say no. If anybody, Osmond. Get younger, oh, um, Michael, 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 Michael. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. If you, now, I, I, because this is the sidebar. If you say Osmus, and I say, well, that means Bagwell has a say so in the manager. You're okay with that? I'm not. I would rather the GM have the say so. But it is what it is. The owner wants bag bags to have a little bit of of input on it. So we can't change that. He owns the team. He's going to do what he wants to do. That's his toy. Okay, I appreciate so we can't the call. Do about that. I mean, we already had him have his little bit awesome. of input, and that came with I, a whole lot of bit of money spent the wrong way yeah. that didn't get the return on investment. I feel like people say Osmus simply because he was he's a former Astro. I don't know if they really because I like I said when when the search you and I were still on air doing a show together when they hired uh, Dusty Baker, and we we I. I said I didn't like the hire at the time. Uh, from a baseball perspective, I think it was a good hire to to get them through the cheating scandal. That he was strictly a PR hire and not a baseball hire. And well, I got proven wrong on that take, right? But I and at the time I was like, well, you know, Osmus could be a guy that you could take a look at. And then the more I started looking at it, I was like, I don't know that Osmus is a good choice. Just just from past uh, years behind, uh, on the bench managing and. I think people say it simply because he's just a former Astro and, and he was beloved and, and you know people liked him. It, that doesn't necessarily mean he's good at it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just remember – go. I don't remember specifically what it was. I just remember I was like, you know what? Let me research and educate myself Is if, if this Brad Osmus idea is a good idea. And then the more I started researching it, I just stopped because I was like, nah. He's not the guy. I think Barry hit on something to where if, if Brad Osmus never played for the Astros and we were looking at he someone. He would not be on the list. Yeah, if we were looking at someone with his managerial record who had never had any association with the Astros, we wouldn't bring him up. But I would flip it on you and say if this was his first opportunity to get a managerial gig, his, pe- his pedigree of he went to Dartmouth, he was a smart baseball guy, he was a he was a great backstop in yeah, terms of you know gloves. the way he called the game and understood every aspect of the game. He he did he paid his dues by working in the front office and understanding analytics and the general general manager side of things. And he knows enough baseball from the clubhouse and the dugout perspective to where you could understand why particularly a young team would say I would I would hire Brad Osmus if I was Miami and I'm rebuilding and I'm putting together young players and things like that, or situations like that where it would make sense. Yeah, and I, I hope for Brad Osmus' sake, the next job he takes, if he gets another one, is not a place where he's having to rebuild with a ton of young talent because he's done that now in L.A., he's done that with Detroit, and he, it hasn't worked out and given him any success. I, I thought, thought highly of Osmus coming into his first managerial job. It hasn't worked out, but at the same time, as, as you kind of pointed out, Joel, I mean, what can he do with actual top-level yeah. talent? We don't know because he hasn't had that in L.A. other than, you know, Mike Trout, who's always injured, and then in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's – but, you know, right? But, but BMAC, to your point, at a certain point, you are what your record says you are, right? You might be a really solid, savvy baseball guy. But at a certain point, if you've had stints at multiple teams that were less than stellar and you failed – no matter what kind of a baseball guy and baseball mind you are, 
you're probably going to start running dry on opportunities. Now, there are going to be probably other spots in baseball for you to work, but if your end-all, be-all is to be a manager in baseball and you've had two teams already where you failed, you're going to have less people knocking on your door, and this is probably your last chance to make a positive impression so that you might get other opportunities regardless of what happens. I think it, too, depends on the circumstances and, like, you know, what what were you doing, right? Were you in the midst of a rebuild, right? Were you handed a team that looked like it was supposed to have some success and you managed that team into the ground? Were you given, you know, did you take over uh, like a Dusty Baker? Did you take over for A.J. Hinch on a World Series caliber team and miss the playoffs the next three years versus whatever? So I think the circumstances around it and maybe Osmus didn't get a good break uh, going to those two teams, but at the same time, there's a lot of managers who have some success on these bad teams. And, and Los Angeles spent money. You know what I mean? Like, I remember like uh, a few years ago, um, Bud Black went to Colorado yeah. and got them to the playoffs when, when they weren't even supposed to be there. But you feel what I'm saying, right? You yeah, know, absolutely. You, especially now as you, if you're a minority candidate as a coach in a coaching job, right? You realize there's even more scrutiny on you. Oh, yeah. That if you don't succeed... You have to be so particular in the job, whether the team picks you or not, which is also a great thing that you're going to be picked. But you also have to be a little bit more particular in saying, but if the team picking me is going to be bad, I might not get that same opportunity that a lot of other guys get. Yeah, that's that's true. I do agree with that. Um, how much But you saying that kind of made me think of something uh, a little bit different. How much pressure do you think that this organization is under simply because of what's been going on in this city? to hire a young, up-and-coming, um, proven uh, commodity. Because if you look at what the Texans like and the Rockets... Have, and D'Amico? Yeah, that's where I was going. If you look at what the Texans and Rockets have done, yep. and, and, and they're not even as far along and advanced as, as the Astros right. are, then it's, it's you know... It, it, by hiring D'Amico and hiring Adoku, that... Uh, Adoka, Adoka, I always say it wrong... It, that sets a precedence for what the Astros kind of have to do. And I don't know if Osmus fills that bill. I don't know if, you know, um, even but, council fills that bill. So, and legit, are you talking about from the from the race perspective? Not necessarily, no. Uh, I think it's... Because I think each team's got to handle their business. Right, as right, right. No, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily have, having the feeling like you have to hire an African-American manager. What I'm saying is feeling like you have to hire somebody that you kind of expect will have a significant impact on this team yeah. and keep them moving forward. With Osmonds, it's kind of, ah, uh, right? Council, I mean, you guys were making the point yesterday that council might be, ah, uh, you know? Like, it's almost like you got to get a Bochi or a Dusty or... That's what I was going to say. It's got to be a sexy name. Exactly. A guy that, oh, okay, he fits. From a Rockets perspective, you got a guy that was the best candidate in the whole league available, I yes. think. So yes. he did well. Yes. From a D'Amico perspective... You didn't get a guy that had that resume of being the best candidate out there, but you got a guy in terms of young, up-and-coming, hot name perspective. I, and I think long-term, he probably has. The, but the you caveat know. bear is the fact that you've got, in both of those situations, you had young teams where you didn't have to try and sustain winning with a veteran, with a veteran roster. Yeah. In the case of the Astros, that's why I say, 
I understand what you're saying, but I think from the Astros, you have to be hell-bent on saying, I'm going through this with blinders on. I'm not looking at the football team, and I'm not looking at the basketball team. I'm looking at, I got a World Series-caliber roster full of veterans. I got to make sure I get a guy that they respect. Yeah, yeah 100%, because they loved Dusty, despite what fans want to say. These guys loved playing for Dusty. They did. Well, I mean, maybe Chaz didn't. Maybe Yiner didn't. Right. But everybody else on the team absolutely loved playing for Dusty. And, you know, I mean, you heard in postseason when Martin Maldonado was like, you know, I, I, I love playing for Dusty because he believes in me when nobody well, else should, did. Because that's true. Yeah. He believed in me when nobody else did. But that means a lot. You know what I mean? And I think I think that that matters um, because I've always said – I. I would watch Twitter and I would see everybody tweeting about, oh, Dusty this and Dusty that. And it's like, do you realize what a job of a major league manager really is at the end of the day? Major league managers have an impact on wins and losses. I mean, like maybe three to four wins or losses a year year, at most. Because Hinch, to his credit, in the regular season, he could get you about five wins with the way he knew the rule book inside it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Right. Exactly. That's That's a good point. But... I mean, for the most part, this is a 162-game season. So you're talking about a guy who has a direct impact on wins and losses of five a year for given on the high end. So what a job of a manager is, you're managing the clubhouse. You're managing right, personalities. personalities. You're managing egos. You're managing expectations and team chemistry. And you're managing the media. You're managing... Everything else. And, yeah, you're making calls on the field. But you know what? Anybody could really do that. You're giving analytics. There's the unwritten rules. There's the, you know, don't go to third on with one or no outs or whatever. All that exists. Right. What you're managing is that team so with that and, said, and the and with it, So I'm assuming you're saying, too, it should be more of a sexy name. I'm saying it should be somebody or that you name. trust not to come in and, and, and rip apart this team by mishandling the locker room, by right. by hurting some egos and some feelings in a way that is detrimental to this let's team. Let's figure out who that could possibly be. Let's, okay. th- let's get some of the people that are tw- texting in, in here and giving us some comments on who they think it should be. And when I asked who are your top three, we'll get to some of those as well. So 713-780-3776. Hit us up on Twitch or Twitter. Get us get your thoughts. We'll get some of those out there. We'll discuss them. Uh, as we continue to roll on with the first hour of the program. Before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at my bookie because my bookie is the only place I tell you to go when you want to put money down on anything. Maybe you want to bet on who's going to be the next manager of the Houston Astros. Maybe you want to bet on some college football the rest of the week. Maybe you know that there's a big weekend coming up of college football, pro football, or the World Series tonight, NBA basketball, and you want to put some money down. This is where I tell you to go because they always are taking care of their customers. And they're doing it again right now with a match bonus. You go onto mybookie.ag, use the promo code BET975, and you use that code because you, you listen to us. You're going to get a match up to $1,000 of whatever you put into your account. So say you put 100 bucks into your account. They're going to put an extra 100 on top of it. you got $200 in your account to play with as you bet on games. More money in your account, more games you can bet on. Of course, more chances to win. And they're always taking care of you in other ways, too. They've got different ways that they have odds boosts and, and in-game betting, parlays, all the different things that you are normally accustomed to and extras to where you, sometimes you can catch some crazy odds and might be able to catch a flyer, get a couple of dollars down, and make some bucks because they're giving you the chance to win. And even when there's not sports going on, you can get there to mybookie.ag. Live dealers are standing by. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. You can play casino games because they're there to make sure 
When you need someone and want someone to gamble with, they are there for you. Check them out today. Go to mybookie.ag. Put in that promo code BET975 and do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. All right. Back on the Killer Bees, Suspect Edition. Barry, Brian, and Blank, as we are the Killer Bees, talking about this managerial search and what's going on with the Astros. We left it before the break with Barry talking about the fact that one, would you consider pressure because of what the Astros, I mean, what the Rockets have done and what the Texans have done to go a certain way or to look for that caveat that comes with or cachet that comes with, whether it be respect or a sexy name that is recognizable to be a guy that makes a splash as the manager, the next manager of the Astros. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's a fair okay. way to put it. Yeah. Okay. So we also had said, give us your top three candidates. And then what was your lasting memory of A.J. Hinch? And we got a lot of good feedback from you guys. So here's some of them. Um, Keep in mind that the Astros lost the World Series in 19 because of A.J. Hinch. I don't want him back, which was what I said. I thought that was the first memory of A.J. Hinch. Uh, 6030. Nobody wants Hinch's sorry ass back. What do you do with the D-backs? What do you do with the Tigers? He's trash. Okay. So that's mute point on what you remember of AJ Hinch. Seems unhinged. I, blown 2019. Made me have to pay the Mac. That's why, see, that's the real root of this. And everybody's like, I don't want Hinch back. I still paid on this damn mattress from 2019. And I'll get it. Are you serious? That's why you don't want AJ Hinch back. Never mind. He got you a free armoire in 2017. That's right. Forget all that. You got to pay for that dumbass mattress. You're the one that fell for it. No back, 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 quarters. If you lose the bet, you can take it back, back, back before you pay me. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's. I think that that would be the most Houston thing ever. It's a now on the AJ flip side. Forty-five seventy-six says bring AJ back. Hinch got the bullpen and pitching right. I, I, I got that one. Yeah. Um. He said it twice. Why are we not talking about Joe Espada getting this job? Make Maldi the bench coach. Game done. Oh game my over. God! Why would you make Maldi the bench coach? Wh- why? You can't just take a guy. Who played last year and and has and is is smart? See and just I, be like, you're a coach. I disagree. You, you can't do that. He needs to go down to the double A, triple A, learn how to be a bench coach down there for a year or two before you even give him a sniff. See, I disagree with up that. here. I disagree with that. the The problem that you had if he's going to be your backup catcher is that Fromber and and JV are going to say well, he can be the backup catcher for every other game, but when I'm pitching, he's he's catching. And so you avoid having that temptation there initially because he's the bench coach. I think he knows enough baseball. He's, again, another catcher. That is the most interactive, intertwined position in the game in terms of understanding the total aspect of the sport to where that's why you see so many catchers that end up, and ex-catchers that end up being managers. Plus, when you hear from so many different people, including the pitching staff, highlight the way he scouts a team, the way he breaks down hitters, the way he advances the advanced scouting, that, that you can use that, to, to really kind of groom Yiner, unless you trade him. And then on top of that, that he can give that kind of intel and detail a- across the board as he helps other guys. So I think he could be a bench coach because he's not going to be the, 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 the end-all. He's not going to be the, the manager. He's not pulling the trigger, right? <clears throat> right. He's just, he's just loading the chamber. I, I, 
I don't disagree on the thought process. But here's the problem, and this is where I think we all forget in all of our different Astros arguments on Sports Talk Radio or at the bar having a pint with the fellas. What we tend to forget about is that this this team has a finite window, right? Like the, the, the dynasty is going to come to an end sooner rather than later. And you probably have another two to three years I think of opportunity to win one more before the wheels start to fall off. Now you may still you may still be good, you know, you're still going to have young guys, but it, you know, it's going to catch up to you at some point. And and so you've got to keep in mind when you make these hires. So why would you give an unproven guy the opportunity to be second in command in a dugout on a World Series contending team that has a finite window left, you've got to make decisions where you say, "Well, you know," and that's why. I, okay, maybe forget an Osmus, forget a, a a council, forget half of these names. Will Venerable, who I liked as well, forget all these names. Either it's Hinch or it's uh, Ron Washington or, or it's huh Espada or no, not no. even that guy. I mean, I, see, here's what I'm say: on you've the got to make decisions. Around the fact that you're chasing two to three year window. Well, what I was going to say, because I agree with you, okay? I think the window's open for at least a, probably three years, all yeah. right? But I think that the key is this is a delicate clubhouse because of how many veterans you have on it, because sure. of how many different egos you have on it, because you have to balance a lot of big money guys that have a lot of their own very, very stubborn thought processes. Maldi understands that because he's been there, he's been there and done it with them as a player. So he understands which buttons to push, who's the guy that you are hard on, who's the guy that you have to coddle, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why Espada would be a guy that's at the top of the list too, whether he's got a handshake under the table deal that was already promised to him why he didn't get other jobs or not. The main thing is you need someone that can balance that locker room that understands the personalities. Someone coming in new off the street doesn't understand all the personalities. Well, I mean, you could have said the same thing with Dusty. If you get the right guy, I mean, look what Bruce Bochy did. Right. If right. you get the right guy, a veteran manager that's been around the block, what's the cat's name from New York that's gone? Showalter, right? Um, who just retired in Cleveland? But, but, but uh, Terry Frank guy. But I'm Frank saying Kona those guys, right? right? And I'm not Mr. You know, regurgitating the same head coaches or managers over and over on different teams. But there's some there's some legitimacy to that like when you see what does not did. a dictator. So when I you get see that. what Bochi did. There's some legitimacy to like some of these cats, you know, they don't, they come in and they know that they're not going to rock the boat and just blow up everything that you've built over the last, the course of but there's the last nine right? years. Bochy, yeah. Okay. Francona, right? Dusty. All have the same trait. They're not a dictator, they're more of a player's manager. True. Show Walter. Yeah. Is a I dictator, mean, I'm just right? throwing out guys. Show Walter didn't work in New York because you had big money and you right. had a ton of egos and you had a crotchety old school my way or the highway dude. Yeah. And that ain't gonna fly. Right. So and I look, think you you, you got to get a big name, but you got to get a big name that also has the personality. Right. And that's why this interview process is so big, huge. Because you can't just take a big name that's been there, done that, and won a World Series and done these kind of things, but know that he's going to be an ass kicker when you got guys that aren't going to want their ass kicked. Yeah. You need a guy that's going to be that, a guy that understands yeah. maybe an ex-player, right? You understand the locker room, but you also understand I don't have to browbeat you. 
Right. I don't have to be like, we're all professionals here. And yeah, I don't, I mean, a show is a guy that, that maybe is best suited for a young up and coming team. I don't think he's right? suited for baseball anymore. Right? Uh, it might, maybe not, but like, you know, like look what uh, Lavolo is doing in Arizona, mm-hmm. right? He, he took over a team and it was a young team and, you know, he's got those guys believing in themselves and he's managing that right way. He was the right kind of manager for that kind of team. And look what Bochy is doing in Texas. They spend a lot of money. They bring in a lot of vets. So I, it, you really have to match it up to where your team is, which is why in, in hindsight, Dusty was the perfect hire for the oh, Astros at the time. Nobody better. And he did yeah. way head and shoulders above and beyond what you could have expected or wished for totally when he agree. took the job. Totally. And show Walter was considered there and it could have gone ferociously the wrong direction with Buck Walter at that time. I was trying to find a whole but list But you think about names. this, because I'm, I'm also here to, to advocate for you. Okay. So I would think, to your point, you mentioned Tori Lavello with, mm-hmm. with the Diamondbacks. Think about Rocco Baldelli with the Twins. Think about guys that are mm-hmm. new school now, right? Heard- new school is not dictatorship. New school is ex-player. Yeah. So he understands the clubhouse. He understands how the superstars and the personalities are treated and not right. everybody's treated equally. But he understands the game and the idiosyncrasies of pitching and baseball to where you see a lot of these guys becoming the new school manager. The ex-player. Mm. I'll give you a good name that scares the bejesus out of me, but it keeps getting brought up. Gabe Kapler. Uh, out of get, San Francisco. He, he is new school. Buck he's Showalter. very new school, but he's. But you know what? I mean, that's like uh, Dion, for example. You look at Dion Sanders in Colorado. He's very new school, but he's. He's an old school coach when it comes to being on your ass and making you talk about discipline and things like that. He understands the kids. He relates to them, and he's trying to get them. Kapler might have underachieved himself out of being a manager ever again because he underachieved with a dictatorship mentality that was confrontational and pissed off too many locker rooms to where word travels fast in the league. That's why uh, no I doubt. think he's not a new school but man. But this is why I say you've got to be careful. And you, sure it's, you do. You know what I mean? Like Gabe looked like Gabe Kapler looked like the 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 quintessential guy you want running a uh, a, a major league team. But then there's something to be said for these old heads that just know how to get the job done. And you know, Dusty didn't have a World Series until he got here. And so if that's if that's why you don't want to hire somebody else, forget that because. I always use uh, Andy Reid as an example. Remember? Oh, Andy Reid can't sure. win the big one. He can't. And then he goes to KC and gets Patrick Mahomes. Now, all of a sudden, Andy Reid's one of the best coaches to ever live. So it a lot of it is situational, right? Well, it, it, but you're right. But that's, and that's why I, I think say, we're all man. on the same page where this interview process is hyper important because you've Super got to important. be able to weed through the dictators and the guy that's my way or the highway and get rid of him and understand, yes, there's an opportunity for a new school manager here. But he's got to be a guy that can that keeps balance in the locker yeah. room. Because what you don't want is a lot of these guys. You don't want the Yiner Diaz's and the uh, Kyle Tucker's and the Jordan Alvarez's of the world being like, I don't want to be here no more. This is miserable. Like, I don't like playing for this dude. I don't want to re-up. I'm out and when my contract's up. You don't want that. No, you don't. So we, uh, we'll continue to roll with this, and then we'll get into some other things. But just wrapping up some of the text messages. Uh, 8327 says, when you say A.J. Hinch, I don't think or care about the 19 World Series because I think Will Harris was the right move at that time. Harris got beat on a good pitch. People forget Harris was arguably the best reliever that year. Dude was an all-star. Come on. That was from Adrian. Okay, well, I get it, but, you know, then tell me, do you want him as A.J. Hinch as your manager again, or are you looking at somebody else? Because, you know, there's there's lots of different guys that are going to be – that are gonna, someone said Council, DeRosa, Ron Washington. I think of those three, two of them, 
are no's for me. One, because, to your point, you need someone that has experience. DeRosa, yeah. And the I other like one that. is you got a guy that might have as much going on off the field in his in his past than the Astros do with the cheating scandal. I don't know if I want to get into all that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> riverboat Ron, part two. <laughs> I think it was more than a riverboat yeah, that absolutely. was flowing. But absolutely. All right. We got many, plenty more to get you. Just hey, one hour down in the three-hour show. Speaking of flowing, what about uh, Tony LaRusso? No. He might be asleep at the wheel. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Can we put a Gatorade Bag sign in center field? Enough. We don't. Okay. There you go. One in the books, two to go. Second hour of the show comes up next. It is the Killer Bees. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM.